When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Have you ever felt depressed about work only to have your dad be like, why are you so down? So you told him you hate your job and he said, well, you better talk yourself out of it. And then you thought, hmm, I love to talk. I could host a podcast. And then you went to Spreaker from iHeart and started a podcast and got good at it, then monetized it, then quit your boring job, then told your dad, thanks for the advice. And he was like, well, that's not what I meant. And I don't understand what a podcast is, but you seem happy. So that's great, kiddo. You ever do that? Well, you could at Spreaker.com. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. Ask your dad. You actually don't. If you guys only knew how many hoops and how many times I have recorded this one episode, this is the third installment of the fan casting the XCU series where I put an actor or an actress into the role of an X-Men character so that we can finally bring the mutants on to the MCU. That's all right. I'm not mad at y'all. I'm mad at myself. Let's get into it. What's up, you guys? This is your host, Kendrick Tucker, of course. You know that if you listen to me. So I have tried to record this episode now. This is my third time. Thankfully, this one took. I didn't realize that the cord that I had for this microphone was malfunctioning. So I had to go through Amazon. I recorded the first episode, started editing it, and then realized there was all kind of skips and loops. And it was a mess. Did it another time, finally realized like one of the the connectors in my cord that connects from the microphone to the actual uh, like phantom power that I have was shortboarding all over the place. So I finally bought the one that I was supposed to buy originally. See, it never pays to be a cheap ass. I tried to go the cheap route. I used the cord that came with the phantom power instead of using the one that I was like technically supposed to get with this microphone. That's another story for another day. Doesn't even matter. We're just going to look. We're going to treat this as if this is the first time I'm ever doing this. I'm giving y'all the same level of excitement. I still love the person that I've casted now three times into this one part. So we're just going to look. We're going to have to hope that this is okay. So if you've been listening, you know that I've already uh, dedicated an episode to Storm. She was our first one. You know, I put uh, Jody Turner-Smith in that role. The next one was Wolverine, of course. If you look on the cover of this podcast, you know I love, first of all, I love Storm, and I love Wolverine. I went back and forth between which one of those kind of cosplays I would do for the cover of this podcast. And when I asked the artist, she ended up drawing Wolverine, so I was I was perfectly fine with it. 
And you know, I casted John Bernthal in that role. And so this is the third episode in that installment where we get to talk about Jane Grey. And of course, next week we'll follow it up with who who do you follow up Jane Grey with, of course, Scott Summers, Cyclops. So we'll talk about that next week. I'm super pumped because the actress that I've casted in this role, I love so, so much. So much. I like I I can't even begin to tell you uh like how many things I want to see this person in. They've been in a lot in the past, but they've really kind of blown up recently with one of their, uh, their bigger roles. But we'll get into that later. You know, we have kind of a format with these. So we kind of start off by talking about a little bit about the character, just to give you a background for those of you who might not be familiar with who the character is, whether it's in comics or in a movie or TV shows we've already seen. Then we kind of uh, go about telling what we want this character to possess now you know we might not have liked the iteration that we've gotten before in movies so we it's really kind of you know important to differentiate what we've seen versus what we want you know and a lot of times this is a female character so things have really changed you know we the the things and the like the kind of uh descriptors that these female characters have had in the past really you know sometimes have been lacking so it's important that we give good representation of them now that they're in the mcu and of course the mcu is pushing for diversity so we don't need you know them being diverse for diverse sake if you're going to put in women if you're going to put in people of color color if you're going to put in all these different roles you know we need to get them to be not caricatures of themselves we need them to be you know, strong, you know, we need them to be, can go up against the man. We need them to be able to uh, stand up on their own, not faint every time something happens. Of course, I'm mentioning that on the, the Jean Grey uh, episode, which is too funny because I, I talked to my uh, sister a lot about these kind of stuff, these kind of things before I do the actual episodes. And she's not really a big, you know, Marvel buff. So when I talked to her, I was kind of telling her, like, oh, yeah, I'm about to record an episode tonight, yada, yada, yada. This is the third time I'm doing it. You know, I, I told her about my little issues with the, the sound. She tells me, I tell her, yeah, I'm doing Gene Grey tonight. She's like, oh, that's the motherfucker that faints all the time, right? I'm like, really? And it's kind of sad because I'm like, yeah. <laughs> that's the only, like, impression that she has of her. So, Marvel, we can't do that no more. We know that Jean Grey in the comics is one of the most powerful characters, especially when she's uh, inhabited by the Phoenix Force. We can't do that anymore. We can't let her faint every time someone sneezes or someone uh, coughs in a room. Like, I get COVID is a big thing, but it's not big enough to make one of the strongest telepaths in the world faint every single time she hears somebody cough. Not that big of a deal. Side note. My sister, I, my sister is one of the most irritating people on the planet, not like personality wise, but because she's not like a big like MCU or Marvel fan, she does some of the most irritating shit in the world. Like she, I, me, her and my mom, I took them both to see uh, Infinity Wars. So like she's like, you know, jumped into some of the movies. She's seen Doctor Strange, you know, she's seen Black Panther, of course. And, you know, she's seen some of these movies, you know, she loves them when she sees them. But then, like, I took them both to see Infinity Wars when it came out. They they really liked the movie. You know, she's like, oh, it ended like that? That's crazy. I'm like, yeah, I know. So, you know, when part two comes out, we're going to see it. She's like, man, okay. 
you know, a year later, I'm trying to take her. She's like, uh, no, I'm not going to go with you guys. Just have fun. What kind of psychopath will literally let the last movie you see in a franchise be the one where everyone dies and not like the big redemption? Who, like, who would just say, oh, Infinity Wars, meh, that's enough. Like, what the fuck is happening? I, I just had to throw it in there because it drives me absolutely insane. But I think she does it because she knows it drives me insane. And so after we talk about those kind of skills, then we go on to, you know, I give you a couple of my good contenders. So these are the people that I would be more than happy if they cast in the role. But for some reason, they have characteristics that I don't necessarily think would play well for that character overall. You know, Jean Grey, she's two-sided. You know, we have Jean Grey, you know, a Marvel girl, if you will. And then we have the Phoenix. And so, you know, I might be looking for someone that plays both of those really well as an actress. But, you know, this person might not do the latter so well or, you know, might not be. We haven't seen her in any sweet kind of roles, so we don't really know what's happening with her or if she can do those kind of parts. So it's really kind of simple stuff. And, of course, you know, if you listen to my Storm episode, you know I'm a big uh, uh, it's a big deal for me if they've been in the MCU before, even if it's a small, like kind of throwaway role can't happen. So that's one of my biggest pet peeves too. So we're going to talk about all of that when we talk about these people. And then lastly, I give you my pick. I think I got a great pick. It's going to be controversial to some of you because you have her already fan casted in another role. I know, but you're going to have to get over it because I think she'd make the perfect Jean Grey. So let's go ahead and jump into kind of some of the the background on the character. We won't take too long on this because I know a lot of you, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have a good understanding of who Jean Grey is. You know, you've seen her in the comic books, obviously. You've read her. She's been in the comic books since, God, when? The 1960s, I think. I wanted to say 1963. Don't quote me on that. But I think that was the first X-Men issue. Somebody write in and tell me. I'm pretty sure that's right, though. But she's been around for a long time. Obviously, this kind of brings up one of the questions I wanted to uh, pose to you guys, too. What iteration of the X-Men do we think we're going to get when they finally come into the MCU? Obviously, Jean Grey will probably be in whatever iteration that they do because she's been around since the beginning. She was one of the original X-Men, like original, original. People don't... You know, I, we're so familiar with the uh, the ones that we've seen all over, the, over all these years that, you know, we kind of think that, uh, you know, Wolverine and Storm, you know, all those guys that we love were original characters, but they weren't. You know, it ended up being Marvel Girl, it was Beast, it was Archangel, it was Cyclops, and ooh, I'm missing one. Who else was it? Oh, well. But it was, it was Iceman, that's who it was. Iceman, Bobby Drake. So we're used to, uh, you know, we haven't really seen that iteration together, that small iteration on screen yet. So I'm wondering, would they do that? Or it's kind of hard to see that, though, because I, with Marvel making such a big push for, you know, diversity and, you know, they want to tell all these different kind of stories. I wouldn't imagine them doing the X-Men without their most known diverse beloved cast so while i do think that we'll get we'll probably get a end up being getting like a bigger version of the x-men i'm unsure if you know what iteration we'll get first i think it'll be a bigger one though i couldn't see them there's no 
possibility in my mind that they would actually do this without Storm. You know, I, I see her popping up in a future Black Panther movie or, uh, you know, wherever it kind of makes sense for her to naturally occur. I could imagine them doing this without Wolverine. You know, they of course, they're going to do Wolverine. I hope that uh, all the other X-Men get to shine a little more. But, you know, there's such a diverse... You know, they might bring in Bishop, who, you know, we don't have a lot of... Uh, I think right now who Falcon. Okay. We got that as a TV show now and then black Panther, but they might want to bring in, you know, some more black men into the MCU. We're getting blade at some point, of course, with Mahershala Ali. I'm wondering if we'll get, you know, people like Bishop and all these other, uh, kind of mutant characters, especially some of the newer ones, you know, with new mutants, if that ends up being a big success, we might see, you know, uh, a lineup that we wouldn't have even thought about at all. Back to Jean Grey, you know, we know her for being an Omega-level mutant. You know, we've seen her kind of uh, learning her powers on screen. But I hope that we get an adult version in the MCU that kind of uh, knows her, knows that her powers are kind of limitless. You know, we don't want to see a weak Jean Grey or one that's really still kind of, uh, you know, dizzied by her power. We, you know, we know she's one of the, the strongest telepaths and the strongest, you know, she has really strong telekinetic powers. We want to see that, like, really in action. The only time we get to see her, like, full power is actually when she turns into the Phoenix. We've seen the Phoenix now twice on screen, and neither iteration has really kind of been a fan favorite. So we've really got to kind of, you know, do Jean Grey well in the MCU. This character has been, like, so iconic like over the years, she's one of like the most recognizable super like female superheroes of all time. I think like, you know, just like a few lists in the past, she's been ranked like top 10 on like the, uh, the top 25 X-Men of all time. She's been named like, she's really kind of funny cause she's one of the few characters that has been named like one of the best superheroes and named one of the best villains too. So, going back to the actresses, we really need someone that can pull off both of those. We need someone that can be, you know, the Captain America the same way they can be the Thanos. Because this character has, you know, been through so much in the comic books, you know, we've seen Jean die numerous times. We've seen her be reborn numerous times. I don't necessarily have a preference about which version of Jean they want to do. So, you know, when I, when I did this podcast uh, episode about Storm, I really kind of had a lot of physical characteristics that we were looking for. I don't really have much for Jean. I really, I'm okay with, you know, uh, you know, middle height. Uh, I want the iconic red hair, of course, but you know, uh, costuming and all that. And, uh, I'm really okay with, you know, whatever way they decide to go with that character. The only real, I have a couple of kind of things that I want to nitpick though. There are a few things that we I feel like we have to kind of address. So the first thing being, we can't have Gene be that fainter that we talk about. It's kind of become a running joke online that anytime something gets bad, we know Gene is going to faint in the situation. Whether it's on the comic books, whether it's Sophie Turner in the movie, you know, we we need Gene, especially now. To come in and like, I want her to be able to stand side by side next to Scarlet Witch and Captain Marvel and really hold her own the same way I want Storm to as well, which brings us to the next point. I don't want them to be side characters. Like if we're going to get an iteration of the X-Men, 
I really want the X-Men to be an ensemble. And I know that sounds kind of crazy, but in the MCU, we... I'm not the MCU. The, the Fox universe, whatever you want to call that, for the most part, debacle. You know, we've really seen... You know, it's really kind of Logan and Friends. You know, Wolverine is so highlighted that... You know, we really didn't get the, the other characters weren't done justice. And that's one of the biggest things that we really have to address and fix in the MCU. We can't just have it be, you know, the Logan story. And then every now and then you sprinkle in a little bit like, oh, Jane fainted over there. Like, oh, Storm is uh setting some on fire with lightning. Oh, Cyclops is, uh you know, being a douchebag on a motorcycle. You know, we really didn't get to. It, it's bad for an, a true X-Men fan. Because we, you know, I fall in love with all these characters equally. And when you really kind of put all your eggs in a basket with one character, it does a disservice to the rest of them. So I'm ready for them to, especially the female characters, let them really kind of shine. We haven't seen that so far. I'd be okay with like a little mini series, uh, a solo movie, something. Disney Plus needs to do a lot more than they're doing right now, so... I'll be okay with any of that coming right to Disney Plus and giving us some backstory and really kind of making them a focal point, even just for like momentarily before a team up movie. But I need to be able to feel like I know these characters before they're introduced on the MCU big screen. The last kind of characteristic I guess I'm looking for is not so much Jean Grey, but it's more so for the actual actress who will play her. We need somebody who can really do that duality that Jean Grey possesses. We need a really versatile actress. We need someone that we've seen be, you know, super sweet and caring and nurturing and loving and motherly. And then we need her to be able to flip a switch and be psychotic, deadly, you know, all these things that we know the Phoenix to be absolutely powerful, destructive, and they really need to be able to sell us on that uh, side of her. Because, I mean, let's face it, if they wanted to, Jean Grey with the Phoenix Force could be the next big bad in the MCU. You know, I know we've heard a lot about possibly Doctor Doom or uh, Galactus, you know, all these different characters. But, you know, they could really, if they wanted to take it that that route, Scarlet Witch or Jean Grey, Phoenix Force, could absolutely be the next big bad in the MCU. You know, let one of them have a mental break and it's over for the rest of the characters. So the, if that does happen, we need the actress to be able to step up and be like, okay, I can do this. I can be sweet this time, but then next time, you know, when we're in space and I get inhabited by this force, I'm okay. You know, I, I can I can be deranged the next day. I can go to sleep at night and then wake up the next morning and be totally crazy. Look in the mirror, punch it, get mad. Your husband thinks you want a divorce or something. No, I'm just getting in character. I got to play the Phoenix Force today. Why don't we go ahead and jump into some of the contenders that I would be absolutely okay with if they picked to play her in the MCU. So I'm going to give you four actresses that I think are all, you know, that I'm big fans of and are all their respective different fields, whether it's comedy, whether it's uh, drama, whether it's, you know, whatever it is. I, these are people that whose names have kind of stuck with me over the past couple years, especially that I've been kind of thinking like, hmm, I, I want them in the MCU somewhere. I don't know where, but let me keep their name in the back of my mind. And uh, maybe at some point I'll be able to slide them into one of those spots. And so these are four names that I've kind of put together to uh, to contend for the spot of Jean Grey. 
the first one oh god i'm so sorry if i butcher your name y'all bear with me but y'all know who she is her name is yvonne stravisky stravosky yvonne stravosky she is uh serena joy on a handmaid's tale she's 38 years old she's 5'9 which i think is perfect for Jean gray somewhere uh in the 30s you know a little bit taller, you know, maybe five, seven or above for Jean Grey. She's a great actress. I mean, she's pretty versatile in everything she's in. If you don't know her from The Handmaid's Tale, if you don't watch that on Hulu, I mean, you should. It's gotten her a ton of Emmy nominations. It's absolutely great. Her working alongside Elizabeth Moss is just like, if you're a movie buff like me and you love, you know, if you don't need, you know, all the explosions and everything, you just love watching a slow burn or you love watching just two people whose craft, you know, is what they love. That's a show for you. But if you don't know her from that, you might know her. She was Sarah Walker on Chuck. She was Hannah McKay on Dexter. She's been in a few things recently. One of the things that really made me put her on my list. She was on a Netflix show recently. It was a limited series called stateless, like six episodes. If you haven't seen it, go binge it this weekend phenomenal I mean, like just great cast overall one of the guys from spartacus was on there too i can never remember his name but he was the guy like in the early seasons with the original spartacus with the curly hair great cast overall and the reason i put her on this list for this part was because she went absolutely kind of she detached from reality towards the end of the series i don't want to ruin anything but it was a, a great performance. The only kind of downside I had is even though she's really versatile as an actress, she gives you all these great parts. I don't know how well she could truly do the version of deranged that the Phoenix force requires. If that makes sense. She, I mean, she, she really escaped from reality in this part, but I think, you know, showing signs of mental illness and being the kind of, uh, maniacal deranged supervillain that the phoenix is are two separate things i think i could be convinced that she can do it but i don't think i've ever seen her really escape that much from the role so it's one of the downfalls but if she did get casted by some chance i'm totally okay with it the next actress coming in on my list you all know her if you're a game of thrones fans i think she was one of the the more memorable characters on that show. You never knew if she was being sweet or if she was being, you know, cunning or if she was going to actually stab you in your sleep. You never really knew with her. And I love that in an actress because they really kind of keep you guessing. My next pick is Natalie Dormer. She's 38 years old also. She's 5'6", good height. You know, I, the height isn't really a, a big thing for me with Jean Grey. I don't think that's ever been really stressed with her. So 5'6", I'm okay with that. Obviously, you know her as Marjorie Tyrell from Game of Thrones. You also, if you watch a lot of uh, period pieces like me, you know, stuff set in different uh, eras of history. She was Anne Boylan on The Tudors. I love The Tudors. And random random fact about me, I love to just sprinkle in kind of random facts about me. I love uh, random facts about King Henry VIII. I know that's so weird, but like whenever there's like a miniseries or a movie or something like that, I always watch it. I find him to be one of the most fascinating people in history. Like who the hell just like, and 
eh, I woke up this morning. I don't think I want to be married to her anymore. I'm off with her head. Who the fuck does that? But like I'm people like me, I tune in every single time just to watch it. So the tutors was like a dream come true for me. If you haven't seen her on that, watch it. She's just as good on that. Stole that lady's husband, but then she ends up, of course, if you know history, getting her head chopped off too. So off with your head, Natalie Dormer. But I think she's great. You know, we've seen her in a lot of different roles. We've seen a lot of different sides of her. We've seen her do the sweep. We've seen her do the the cunning. I don't know if we've seen her do as deranged, but she's in a new show on Showtime. I think it's called Penny Dreadful. I've seen a few episodes of it. And she's really kind of demonic and devilish on there. So I could be convinced that she can do the Phoenix Force Jean Grey. But of course, my downfall with her, if you're a real Marvel fan and you're a real MCU fan, then you already know what I'm about to say. She was in Captain America, the original one. Now, if you remember, there was a scene where uh, this is after the serum. This is after he had been in a couple of battles and stuff. He came back. He was about to meet with uh, Tony Stark's dad, and they're waiting on. He was waiting outside of the uh, the office. I think they're in a meeting, and she was kind of she was looking in her chair, the receptionist, and she was looking at a newspaper, and she says, uh, "Just take a seat. You know, you can go in when they're done." And then she looks down and sees him, and then she starts to flirt with uh, Captain America, and so I always remember that scene, but. Because of that, you know, in the current kind of timeline of the MCU, she'd probably be like, what, 80, 100 years old? I don't know. But either way, I'm not sure how well that version of her character would be <laughs> in uh, in an action role. So because of that, I've kind of excluded her from my list. But I at least want to throw it out there because I think it's interesting. But maybe if they, you know, give her a different hairstyle, red hair, you know, and put her in this time period, maybe it wouldn't be so so bad for the fans. I'm just kind of a stickler about that kind of stuff. But obviously, I'm not going to throw her out. So come on, Natalie. I ain't mad at you. Next up, we've got a recent Emmy winner. And I mean, the much deserved. If you've ever seen Killing Eve, then you know she deserved that Emmy. She's so good in that role. She plays the role of Villanelle on Killing Eve. It's Jodie Comer. Now, Jodie Comer, she's 5'8". She's a little younger than I would imagine, but it really doesn't matter depending on when they actually want to introduce Jean Grey into the MCU. She's 27 years old. So they're to give her a little time to, you know, uh, age up a little bit. And, you know, I think 30s is kind of the perfect, 30s, 40s maybe, is really kind of the perfect age for all of the X-Men. I don't really want a younger iteration of them. I really want, you know, them kind of established, them knowing their powers. But then again, I don't even know how we're going to bring, that's the, one of the things I'm most excited about, actually seeing how they're going to introduce mutants as a whole how they're going to explain the X gene, how they're going to explain where they've been. I, you know, I'm, I'm okay with whatever they decide. I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that whole, you know, Thanos's snap is what created the mutants. And I'm hoping that the Eternals, I'm so ready for the Eternals movie. I'm hoping that kind of gives us most of the explanation that we need. I'm guessing it will. I mean, that's kind of the only real option that we have. Unless they're going to come in through the multiverse. But anyway, once again, I'm off topic. Focus, Kendrick. Focus. Okay. Jodie Comer. Absolutely great actress. 
she she kind of checks all the boxes on my list with the exception of the age, but I don't even think that'll be a problem because who knows when the mutants will actually get introduced. Uh, I recently binged like the first season of Killing Eve, and I, her and Sandra, they play so good off of each other. I definitely was like, okay, I need her somewhere in the MCU. She, I, I think she's great. She was also, I used to watch this show on stars called the white princess and she was the lead role i loved her on there too i'm, I'm telling y'all i don't know what it is about period pieces but anything like, I, I just feel like in my mind i'm always thinking like oh yeah they were just like having orgies all day long just uh waking up eating like you know turkey legs and having orgies and then going to sleep you know in my mind they did nothing else so i'm always super interested in period pieces but she was in that show. She was phenomenal as well. I don't have too much negative to say about her. The only thing I'll say is she's an assassin assassin on that show. You know, so we see her play a darker character. But even as an assassin, assa- good God, even as an assassin, she's not the most, like, off-putting character. Like, she, you know, she... She does the role perfectly, but I don't know if I've seen her anything that would translate to both sides of Jean Grey that we would necessarily need. That wasn't originally my negative, but I think it's going to be my negative because I don't really have a problem with the age so much anymore. So, I mean, Jodie Comer, I I don't mind you coming into the MCU, whether it's Jean Grey or in another role. That's another point, too. Some of these people... You'll see their names come up multiple times, like my next person, actually. I I haven't cast her in a role, but I need her in the MCU, so she'll come up, too. But I'm okay with Jodie Comer being that way, too. If she pops up in another movie as another character, I'm totally fine with that, too. Only one more person to tell y'all about before I get to my winner. And this person actually might as well be my winner, too, because I go back and forth with who I want her to be in the MCU so often. She is one of those, I mean, I, as an actress, the past couple of years, I have just, I don't know what it is. You know how you obsess over some people? She's one of those people, and she's, like, not even, like, always just, like, on the red carpet, but she gets a lot of, like, Emmy nods. Like, she is on a show that's pretty popular on Netflix that I love. She's been in a couple movies recently that I've loved. Everything I see her in, I'm just like, she should be a lot bigger than she is. She should be a household name, but I think it's going to take coming into the MCU for that to actually happen. I'm talking about Betty Giplin. You'll actually hear that name in a future episode because I have her casted in another role, but I don't have her cast with Jean Grey, but she's still a phenomenal actress. She's 34 years old, which I think is perfect. By the time she comes in, it'll probably be, you know, before the age of 40. She's five, seven, which is great. Another thing that really works in her favor is we know she can do athletic roles well because she stars in Glow on Netflix. Uh, yeah, Glow on Netflix. She plays the role of Liberty Bell. If you haven't seen that show, it's a female wrestling show. You know, they do uh, some shows in the city the first season. Then they go to Vegas and they have their own kind of like uh, all-female wrestling review show. She's great on that show. She gives you such a wide range of emotions a lot of different ways of expressing her anger too. So that's why I really think that she could do both sides of that role super well. 
I mean, she's just like, a, as an actress, an overall badass. You, if you haven't seen her in Glow, you know who I'm talking about. She's actually, uh, if you listen to my Storm episode, she's on the same show as Sedell Noel. If you haven't seen that, if you've seen uh, Damon Lindelof, who did The Watchmen, I'm going to, just so you know, I'm going to bring up The Watchmen any chance I can on this podcast. I love The Watchmen. HBO, The Watchmen is my jam, but I also love H- uh, The Watchmen, the comics, and I love Watchmen, the movie. So anything Watchmen, I'm here for. That's another story for another day. We'll I'll probably spend the episode going down a Watchmen rabbit hole with y'all, just talking to myself about how much I love the Watchmen and how much I love Regina King. But if you haven't uh, seen uh, what is it, Glow? Then she was in Damon Lindelof's new movie, The Hunt. She was the main character. You've probably seen the trailer. You know that movie got pushed back and delayed because uh, at the time in our country, you know there was a lot of gun violence going on with these mass shootings. So they didn't want to release the movie initially. And then it ended up getting released. It came out, uh, I don't know if it came out in theaters, but I saw it video on demand. It was, I mean, great movie. I like anything that Damon Lindelof does, though. I'm a big fan of his. So uh, he did, like, The Leftovers, which is one of my all-time favorite shows. He did Lost on ABC. Just a couple couple of different good things. But if you like, you know, if you watch comedies, she was in that new uh, Taraji P. Henson and Ed Helms movie on Netflix, that Coffee and Cream. She was the villain in that. So she really, I think she loves to do like those kind of roles where she really kind of, you know, gets to be a jackass professionally. And she does it so well. It makes me think that she's like a terrible person in real life. I doubt it, though. She seems like super sweet in all her interviews. But I'd, I mean, I would be 100% okay if they cast her as Jean Grey. But... Of course, I gave the nod to someone else. So it's time to kind of announce my winner. My pick to play Jean Grey, I just feel like she's the perfect actress. She plays sweet very well. She plays incredibly aggressive very well. She has the look. She's the perfect age, perfect height, everything. I mean, just overall bad bitch. Overall bad bitch. I'm talking about Evan Rachel Wood. Now, I know this is a little controversial because I know a lot of people have fan casted and pushed for her to be Mystique in the MCU, which I wouldn't have a problem with either. If they gave her, you know, put the blue paint on her, the red hair, if they did white dress Mystique, she would kill that role. I want her to be Jean Grey because I think she's one of the few people who's kind of in my wheelhouse of actresses that I think has the actual acting skill to pull off this role. You know, in the MCU, you don't necessarily have to be an Oscar-winning actor to, you know, get the part. Sometimes they lean so more so towards, like, the, uh, the marquee name, or they lean more so towards someone who can really do the physical stunts in the movies. So, with her, she kind of brings all of that to the table. She hadn't won an Oscar, I don't think, but she's been nominated for several Emmy Awards, If you don't know her, she is the main character on Westworld. So she plays the role of Dolores. You know, Dolores is the AI who uh, in the first season, you know, she's brutalized often. She gets raped in the barn. You know, she loves her dad. She takes care of him. But then as season one starts to go on, she really progresses mentally. She's not just an AI anymore. Now she's, you know, kind of feel like she's closer to being a woman, if anything, And so then that's when the revolution and rebellion starts. 
that show really kind of shows how a character can progress from the first episode of season one to the last of season three. You really could kind of see how she could really slide into that role of Jean Grey. Put some red hair on her. I mean, you're ready to go. If you're younger, you know her from Frozen. Uh, was she in the first Frozen? Whichever one Queen Aduna was in. Maybe she was in both. I don't know. But she was in Frozen. And so your kids, you know, they'll they'll love her. They'll recognize the voice. And uh, I remember, I you know, I think she's been in a lot of stuff. But I remember first meeting Evan Rachel Wood in 13. Do y'all remember that movie? That movie, like, like blew my mind when I was a kid. I was just like, there are not kids acting like this in real life, even though I went to school with a lot of them. But I was like, I was floored. I was like, there could not be kids that, like, actually act like this. But there are. You know, she's also, you know, she plays really well off of uh, other actresses, too. If you watch Westworld, you see how well her and Thandie Newton's chemistry is. They constantly, you know, they have this battle going back and forth. And, you know, you, you root for one one minute, you root for one the next minute. You really can't, like, it's one of those things you just can't pick and choose. You got to either love both or hate them all. If you think about it, too, that role of Dolores is, like, genuinely, like, the non-comic book version of Jean Grey. Like, her and uh, James Marsden, he's on the show for the first two seasons, he uh he 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 was Scott Summers actually in the Foxverse, so which is even funnier. They have that kind of uh Jean Grey and Scott Summers kind of love. So it's really kind of funny, just like all the different similarities. It's almost like she's handpicked to play this role. Obviously, you know, if she's mystique or if she gets casted in another role where she can do a lead be a lead in her own, you know, miniseries or movie, perfectly fine with that too. I just think that for the level of acting that's required for that role and the level of physicality, I think she can do it all. Cast her as Jean Grey. So what are your thoughts? Do you agree with my choices? Do you absolutely hate my choices and want to punch me in the mouth right now? Do you have any other suggestions? Well, of course, you know I want to hear them. Even the negative stuff. Just email me at housewivesmarvelpodcast at gmail.com or reach out to me on Instagram at Housewives Marvel Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on here and follow on Instagram so you don't miss a thing. I look forward to hearing from you guys. See ya! Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. 
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.